Welcome to our experience, the ASCP podcast. I am here alongside Tom Hansel, my partner in this podcast, and we are uh, happy to have a holiday episode with uh, our own Arnie Clayman. Now, I had ChatGPT generate an opening for this podcast, so I'm going to read that first. Boy, am I in trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special podcast dedicated to the extraordinary journey of a remarkable individual. Tonight, we gather to celebrate the life and accomplishments of the one and only Arnold Clayman. Born in Baltimore, Maryland, Arnold's journey began with humble roots, but little did he know his path would lead to incredible feats and leave an indelible mark on the world. Join us as we explore the chapters of Arnold's life from his early years to the heights of success and hear from the people who have been touched by his unique spirit. This is your life, Arnie Clayman. It's pretty good. Good God. <laughs> That's what ChatGPT will get you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Most of that's true. Disclaimer, Arnie. I have no idea what I'm being asked today. <laughs> well, I think that it, it, the holiday episode is a little more lighthearted for us, for sure. But we also want to acknowledge uh, your service to your profession. I, I know that you just experienced uh, an appreciation and acknowledgement of service from the state of Maryland, or the Board of Pharmacy of Maryland, anyway. Or both. 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 Yeah. So we can talk about that. And then um, we know that you're stepping back to some degree. So in 2024, we'll be doing a lot of things to acknowledge your service and commitment to pharmacy and ASCP. So we thought we would do a podcast right before the beginning of 2024. Well, That's why that. we're here. Well, I appreciate that. Why don't you tell us about the Maryland thing? <laughs> that was cool. Oh, oh the, the board thing. Oh, okay, because yeah. there was the Maryland, um, the Mid-Atlantic thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mid-Atlantic jumped the gun you, a little bit. I didn't know what you were. That was good. Yeah. yeah. So um, very very nice at um, the Maryland Mid-Atlantic meeting. Uh, that meeting has been going on for 30 years. We started it 30 years ago. And um, the committee did a really nice little tribute, which I really appreciated. Totally unexpected. It was shocking. Uh, and now the Board of Pharmacy... Apparently, the governor does a citation uh, every year for um, people who have been registered with the state for 30 years. So all you have to do is grow old, and you get a citation. So uh, I got that citation um, last month, which was very, very nice. Uh, was it for 30 years? It was for 50 years. 50 years. Did I say 30? You did say 30. I think you were trying to. I think you're trying to <laughs> I'm hide. Trying to the, yeah, I think you're trying to. Damn. <laughs> I think it's pretty and awesome, I, though. And yeah. Arnie, usually a citation's a bad thing. Do they call it a citation? Are you sure you got yes. awarded? Or Tom, I, when the guy from the board called me, and he was a very a young young gentleman, and he said the governor's issued citations every year, and I thought, oh my God, what did I do wrong? <laughs> And he said, no, it's, it's a good be thing. anything in Maryland. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like, that's not the word you use to somebody not only that's getting an acknowledgement, but especially if you were in long-term care, the last thing you want it's is a citation. citation. For real. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly where my head went. And so Arnie was cited. That's good. <laughs> you got a JTAG. <laughs> it was. That was very nice. I, I appreciate it. And it was well attended, right? I don't think we, anybody knew what to expect. Yeah. I mean, I thought there, I mean, there was like 16 people that, qualified for this and um, I think six of us showed up um, I thought there'd be a room of maybe 30 people and there was like 250 people there and there was another 200 plus online because it was a whole morning of 
CE, uh, followed by the uh, citation presentations. So it was it was pretty cool. That is awesome. It was great. All right, well let, let's oh. let's dig in. Like let's start from the beginning. Yeah, kind of like the say, sound Arnie, music. Let's many start people probably beginning. don't know who you are, but yeah. Well, um, you're born in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, we're not going to go back that far. <laughs> you got to go back at least to where pharmacy started to influence your career path. Okay. Right? Well, well, that that I can trace easily to junior high school. Um, two of my uncles were pharmacists. One went on to become a doctor. The other one um, owned two pharmacies in Western Maryland, three pharmacies actually. And one of them he did a lot of long-term care out of. That was like, like a new thing. So kind of the combo shop, you know, the back of the store was a long-term care pharmacy. He serviced about 14 facilities in Western Maryland, including one psychiatric hospital. And that was kind of my um, taste for pharmacy. And I loved chemistry. I loved medicine, but not the bloody stuff that the doctors have to deal with. So I thought, well, pharmacy... That's like perfect for me. So that was my career path. I mean, I was very focused all through college um, and into pharmacy school. Graduated from the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy and worked for the University of Maryland Medical Center for the next 11 years. So that was kind of like the womb for me, 14 years on that campus. Just a question about your uncle's pharmacy that was a combo, what we would call a combo shop. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say at the time that's the way it was. Like, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember. I wasn't born. Um, but <laughs> I used to like you, too. <laughs> but what I would say is I, I would have to believe that we're not closed-door long-term care pharmacies at the outset of this industry, that the combo shop was the beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but there were pharmacies that, um, that kind of spun off their long-term care business into mm -hmm. closed-shop pharmacies. And actually... So my uncle was friends with a lot of pharmacists in the Maryland, D.C. area that um, had both retail and, and long-term care. So I kind of got to know the industry in its um, infancy because of knowing these guys through my uncle. And, um, yeah, he, he, I actually did a rotation in pharmacy school with uh, what was Howard and Morris Institutional Pharmacy, which eventually, I think, became part of Pharmerica. And... Um, they had invented this system uh, for medication distribution in a nursing home called Chromadose, where um, there were unit dose medications in a, in a tray, and um, each time pass was color-coded. So like, let's say red was 8 a.m. and green was 12 noon. And then they had MARs um, that were color-coded to match that. And they had a um, rudimentary computer system that um, that stuff could be entered into. And so I did my rotation with them in school, and I thought, this is really cool. So I told my uncle about it. And, of course, he was friends with the guys who owned that uh, pharmacy, and they, he decided to implement that, too. So he bought the system from them. So a lot of it was word-of-mouth um, experience that people had and then passed it along before the industry got to be, you know, kind of where we know it today. Awesome. What happened next? Art. Yeah, Arnie, I know you did a lot in home infusion. Can you jump on so, that experience? Yeah, so when I, I, I left the hospital, I, I kind of got tired of the hospital politics. I loved my time at the hospital. It was great training ground, and I, I tell students all the time, if you work in hospital pharmacy, you'll learn a little bit about everything. 
And um, all those skills will, you know, you can carry forward with whatever you do. Um, but I went from hospital pharmacy into um, home infusion. And I did home infusion for four years back in what I call the wild, wild west days of home infusion where, you know, you were handed the keys to a building and said, here, go, go serve patients. And, oh, by the way, you have 14 TPN patients. Stretch it out over five states. And you figure out how to service them. So that was kind of, it was kind of cool. It was probably one of the most rewarding things I did as a pharmacist because we had nurses that worked for us. I had, you know, drivers, delivery people, salespeople. And we had to cover basically seven states was my territory based in the middle of Maryland. So um, it was challenging. Um, you know, you had patient problems that you had to deal with all the time, family issues, dealing with family caregivers. And um, it was kind of uh, exciting, you know, because every day was another challenge that you had to figure out how to overcome. So if you have a good team of people, you can, you can do that. So um, I went from home infusion Actually, home infusion was kind of my branch into long-term care because um, there was a um, company, which still exists today, Manor Care, which uh, was looking to be able to do more high-tech subacute admissions into their facilities. Um, and they didn't have an IV program. So back in the day, if you had a patient that needed hydration or needed an antibiotic, you had to ship them off to the hospital. And of course, you know, you expose them to nosocomial infections and the trauma of having to be transferred just for something like an IV fluid. So they really wanted to develop that. So because of my background in infusion and doing home infusion, it kind of was perfect parlay into long-term care pharmacy because it's the same, same concept. You're just going to people's homes instead of um, nursing homes. You know, it's, it's the same thing. So, um, so I developed the program. I was very lucky. I hired the woman who was the director of the VNA, the Visiting Nursing Association in Maryland, who when I was in home care, I was scared of her. <laughs> she was like, oh, you know, you gotta make sure you treat the patients well or she'd be on your butt. And, um, and I, I hired her and she wrote the training program for nursing. Um, I realized that there was a whole lot more to taking care of patients just by providing good service than how to convince the administrators they could get paid for it, so how to learn what the reimbursement methodologies were. Um, but it also gave me an opportunity, starting with, with Manor Care, to work with programmers to develop the computer system to actually be able to document it and not just you know, do a Word document and, and do a label and, and keep a paper chart. So um, there were long-term care pharmacy systems back then, but none of them had IV capabilities. So I, I was very lucky in that I got to, it was kind of my dream when I was in in home care, I wish that we had a computer system. And the company kind of dabbled with like a programmer and it was kind of a waste of time. Um, whereas with Manor Care, they actually devoted some resources to it. Um, a system that some of you out there might have remembered called Rescott IV, <laughs> or Rescott I even Fusion. remember that. I even remember that. You remember Rescott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that old then. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, and I got to work with the programmers at Rescott. It was really cool. And actually, many of the pharmacies that I worked for after that, I got to carry on that. And that became my job with some of the companies after that as well. So it was, um, it was a good experience. That's cool. But as far as 
ASCP, I know that I think you joined as a member in 1988, if I remember correctly. How has um, ASCP evolved over that last 25, 30 years? Well, you know, I, I started in long-term care, like I said, with Manor Care, and then a series of companies, I think I work for all of them, ending up with Omnicare. And um, I really, I think my success in the industry without question is due to my membership in ASCP. Um, when I joined in, in 88, um, I met so many people. The first ASCP meeting that I went to was in Hilton Head. It was a mid-year meeting. And um, my boss at the time, who was in um, Illinois, he said, everybody in long-term care goes to ASCP, so you need to go to this meeting. And by the way, they're going to be talking about developing IV services for nursing homes. So perfect. I want you to go and find out what other people are doing and see where, where it's going. Well, when I was in home infusion, I worked with some pharmacies that serviced nursing homes because they didn't have the capability of doing IVs. And so they would be sending like a mini bag and a vial of medications and the nurses would be mixing it. And so that I saw that as an opportunity as a home infusion company to be able to go in there and actually work with those pharmacies to help supply their IVs for the nursing homes that they were servicing. So I developed these um, contracts with pharmacies and with hospital pharmacies because I had such a big region to cover and, um, and developed these contract services, which then became a whole company. Unfortunately, I was not involved in that or I would be a rich man today. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, work with them to, um, to develop these uh, kind of consignment inventories, working with an IV hood, teaching them how they, what they needed to do to at least do like first doses and change the doses and then I could fulfill the rest of them from my infusion pharmacy in Columbia, Maryland. And when I went to this first ASCP meeting, I went and listened to um, Nelson Showalter. Nelson was one of our past presidents and he was talking about this really cool IV program that he had worked out with a home infusion company. And he's doing this presentation and I'm looking at the forms he's showing and I'm thinking, those are, those are my forms. <laughs> those are the forms <laughs> I developed. It's like, it was wild. And he never mentioned the name of the company. And after the, the presentation, I went up to him and I said, um, are you working with um, a, N -A, uh, HNS? And he said, yeah. He said, we, we're their Northern Virginia operation now. It's like, great. That was the next place that I was going to set up before I, I left the company. So it's kind of, you know, the, the world is all, it's a small world in pharmacy. Everything comes together. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's how I got started with, with ASCP. And I found the people to be extremely welcoming. You know, I've, I've been a member of the other big pharmacy associations and most of the state pharmacy associations. I'm a joiner. And... Um, ASCP was the one I really felt like it was family, and it's been like that. And, and I got more and more involved. People took me under their wings. If I had a question, I knew, I mean, you know, back then the business wasn't as developed as, as it is today, but I could call someone in California or in Ohio and ask a question, and they would help. So um, it's, it's a great networking group. It's my family now. They're my friends. When I go to the annual meeting, yeah, I might be working as staff, but it's, I get to see all my friends. So, um, like a family reunion. Say what? 
Is it like a family reunion for it you? It is like a family reunion. It really, it really is. So, um, yeah, and um, you know, I just got more and more involved with ASCP, with government affairs, um, being on the board, all that. So, and then, you know, twelve years ago, became a um, a staff member. All right, finish this phrase or lyric. If I were a rich man. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to do I'd, it? I'd be on a desperate island. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you were going to go into something theatrical. No. Nah. theatrical background. Nah. <laughs> no, if I, if I was a rich man, I would, I would volunteer for ASCP, but I would be kicking back full time. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> that's honest. All right. The All right. money so, that's keeping him, Chad. Let me, let me ask a zinger question. Ooh. Your favorite ASCP well, first of all, let's recognize that Arnie is the winner of every major award that this association has delivered. I don't know how that Berman is. Award winner, our highest honor, which is our Archibald Award winner. Um, but you were never president. Of that the, is true. You were never president. So who was your favorite president? Oh, my God. President <laughs> Company exclude, of course. Good Lord. <laughs> Well, the only reason, you know, a lot of people wanted me to run for president, and the problem was I was VP at another company, which I won't mention the name of, and the, um, the CEO of that company said, you know, you can be on the board, but you can't run for president. So that, that's, that's what stopped me yeah, from, from doing it. Um, gosh, it's hard to pick a favorite president because there were so many good ones. Um, I guess I'd have to say um, Lynn. Lynn, because Lynn was the one who put me on the first national ASCP committee, which was the... Um, Lynn Williams. Lynn Williams, yeah. I, I was trying to think what Lynn... Episode two. Me. Episode two, podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn Williams, because Lynn um, put me on the um, nominating committee, and that was the first committee that I got on to. That's awesome. Kind of interesting how I ended up with government affairs. Um, because of, again, because of ASCP. So I was very active in the Maryland State Chapter, was president for many, many years off and on. And um, because they always needed a go-to person for long-term care, I was tag, you're it. And it wasn't like I had a great interest in legislation and regulations. That wasn't something that I really had any experience with. But in Maryland, I got to be extremely involved um, with the Board of Pharmacy. I mean. I was on committees to write the long-term care regulations, the IV compounding regulations, the home infusion regulations, the uh, assisted living, the first assisted living regulations that Maryland had. So a lot of great opportunities to get involved in doing that kind of stuff. Um, and then, of course, we um, were part of the formation of the Maryland um, uh, the farm, the Maryland Pharmacy Coalition, I'm trying to remember MPC. Um, that work together, all the organizations work together to work on legislative things during the legislative session and also to, um, to work on uh, regulatory stuff with the Board of Pharmacy. So because of that activity in the state, that was noticed at ASCP National, and then I got put on Government Affairs Committee and kind of went from there, you know. So another reason that ASCP kind of changed my life in ways that I never would have imagined because it, I didn't think as a young pharmacist, oh, that's what I want to be. <laughs> I want to do being, doing policy and advocacy. No, that really wasn't my thing, but it became my thing. 
Well, you know, Arnie, now that you mentioned who your favorite was, you know, should I ask who your least favorite president was? President, president company excluded. President of course. Excluded. Chad <laughs> no, knows. I'm just joking. Chad knows, so I'm not going to verbalize it. There you go. <laughs> They're all. You he would never. One. He would never have one that was the no. worse. I, it's a tie. For I do want to know. Sure. Yes. I do want to know though if you have any funny stories or your favorite work life memory, whether it's ASCP related or just when you when you were dispensing your home infusion. Can you? Can I put you on the spot and can you uh, tell us a, a funny story or a situation that you were in? Well. I can tell you one from Home Infusion. I think that's probably safer. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was sitting in in the office, and our director of nursing, and we were just kind of talking at the end of the day, and and she said, you know, Arnie, it's so amazing to me. We get all these crazy problems every day, and we always seem to figure out a way to solve them. And I said, yeah, you're right. You know, well, we have to because we have patients that are relying on us. And they're at home. And I get a call from um, a patient in State College, Pennsylvania, well, from the mother of a patient in State College, Pennsylvania, who was on TPN. And the doctor had decided to um, add um, lipids in a fat solution. Well, you need a different size IV filter um, when, you, when you do that because it'll filter out the fat modules, which are bigger. So um, so I called her and I said, listen, you know, you can wait to start the lipids until tomorrow because it's food, you know, and, and that's fine. And we'll send you the appropriate tubing so you have the right uh, IV filter. And um, we get a call from her the next day and she said, oh, don't worry, I took care of the problem. I said, how did you do that? You haven't gotten the, the tubing yet. She said, well... I just, I knew the filter was a problem, so I took a pair of scissors and I cut the filter out and I taped it back together again. And of course, I'm horrified and I tell Phyllis, our nurse, and it's like, um, you, you know you should not do that because it's not sterile. She said, oh, don't worry, I boiled the scissors first. <laughs> That's good. <Great. laughs> so that was funny and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And the patient went septic. And the patient, no, the patient was fine. I was a kid, and he was fine. But yeah, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> resilient. The kids were resilient. Kids are resilient. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, let's talk about. Um, Tom kind of stole mine. Who the worst president was? Uh oh. Uh, no, no, it's okay. Um, let's talk about just ASCP in general. Like, what's your favorite ASCP memory as a as a staff member? As a staff member. Oh gosh. There's so many. Um, was it singing the song from? Oh Hamilton? God, that was, was that? That, that was. <laughs> Insert clip here. That's a note for Krista. You'll be back. Wait and see. Just remember ASCP. You'll be back. Time will tell. You're a member, and it served you well. No, Krista, if you value your life, do not do that. <laughs> clip here. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, I don't know if that's my favorite memory, but I, I, was, I was out for one of our staff meetings. I don't remember why. I wasn't there. 
And when I came back, I was told that I, it had been decided that I was going to sing a parody of Hamilton for our meeting, was it? It was our COVID meeting. COVID meeting. No, it was. was 2020, it? yeah. 2020, right. So um, yeah, it was our COVID meeting, 2020. <laughs> and uh, the song, You'll Be Back from Hamilton, we did our own version. Of course, um, Chad and um, insert clip here. Christine <laughs> wrote new lyrics, which I had to modify <laughs> a lot. Um, We're not in the business. Yeah, so yeah not a I'm lyricist. not a composer, but they weren't going to work, so uh, we redid them, and that was that was a lot of fun. And I, to this day, still get people that will comment about it to my horror. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. If, if this was an official retirement year, then I would ask you for dirt on Chad. But since you're still going to have to work with him, and now I'll, people, I'll and now people that. understand where I'm like, Arnie, you're going to do your own thing. You should work part time as long as you want to. That's exactly yeah. right. He also knows what happens when what happens when people retire and have too much time on their hands. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so there's no dirt. I, tell I, me. I, I, in, all, in all honesty, and I'm not saying this just because Chad is my boss, so to speak, but he has been great for ASCP. He really has, and I'm very, very proud of everything he's done. He's really turned this organization around, and we're heading in a great direction. So I feel very, very good about um, being able to step back a little bit because of the fact that I think we're moving in the right direction. I mean – yeah, it's only because of people like Arnie and the team members here that we were able to turn it around. And in fact, you know, this this uh, somebody recently passed Charlie Munger. I brought him up at a meeting today. Uh, Warren Buffett's confidant and partner. And one of the things that he was known for saying is that you can't fix a lousy company. So I thought of that as it related to ASCP because there was a time when ASCP was on the brink and. It's been turned around, mm -hmm. but the point is, is it was never lousy. It was never lousy. No. So you can't fix a lousy company. So it was never lousy, and everybody here has contributed to the turnaround in a profound way. And what I was going to say before, when you're talking about your government, um, you have a reputation. You're, you have, first of all, you have a congressional presence. When you're on the Hill talking to people in agency or in government, you have a presence that is well-received by Beltway individuals, and they are different. Beltway individuals, <laughs> people in Congress are different. Yes, um, but you, you ASCP's reputation leans on your reputation. Oh. We're only who we are because of that. So oh. I, I think that's a that's big. A lot, but thank you. It, it's a and it's, and it's a big deal because it's not easy to do. You know, I, I wasn't really even sure of your history at government affairs, but it's not easy to pour through a six hundred page document from CMS, figure out what's important and figure out how to comment on it in a way and in a language that has impact and can and make change. It's a very different universe from that perspective. So not only did you have to learn it and become good at it, but I mean, that's, that's a huge advantage that ASCP has always had since you've been here. Well, thanks, but I couldn't do it without people like Jim, Jim Lewis. Sure. You know, I mean, Veronica before Jim, you know, I can go on and on, yeah, yeah. but um, we had some really, really great people here, and it takes a team, it really does. Um, it's a lot for any one person to keep up with. I always say it's drinking out of the fire hose every day, you know, even when you think it's gonna be a quiet period, 
some, some other bombshell will drop. As, as we well know, the government drops things all the time, whether it's a bill or whether it's a regulation that comes popping out, and if you're not on top of it, and, and you know, we're not 100%, we can't be. There's just so much that, mm -hmm. that happens where we try our best to make sure that we catch things and, and look at it through the lens of, is it affecting pharmacists and long-term care? You know, because nobody else is doing that except us. That's right. Yeah, you have to figure out the, the, I guess, the detriments or the positives that any kind of change would have for our industry. It's uh, difficult to, to really forecast, uh, you know, th those uh, impacts that these bills make. Absolutely. And I think, and, you know, like we say ad nauseum around here, like this population in the United States is aging. This organization has been around for 54 years representing the aging individual in a nursing facility. Obviously, ASCP existed probably before there was such a thing as assisted living. Um, our, the acumen that our membership brings to healthcare is enormously important, and it's only becoming more important as we sort of deal with the ramifications of having so many individuals, you know, ultimately 75 million people out of the 350 million being over the age of 65. I mean, that's enormous, as it, especially as it relates to even today and certainly 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes what ASCP does so important and ultimately what makes what the members of ASCP do so important. Absolutely. Um, and the reason it's so easy to be positive is because yeah. of, they can't do it, like, <laughs> you cannot do it without what our members do. There's right. just no way healthcare can survive if they don't have pharmacies and pharmacists that know how to take care of older individuals. It just, it's, it, it would collapse. And it's so important to have a voice, whether it's nationally or on the state, local level, um, to be able to say, what do we do? And, and why are these services important? And looking out for the patients that we serve, because, I mean, I mentioned I was on so many committees on the Board of Pharmacy, and our fellow pharmacists don't really know what in the heck other pharmacists do in other areas of pharmacy. I think it might be a little better today that you know people get exposed more in school, but I mean they'll make some crazy regulation at the state without thinking about well how does that affect a home infusion pharmacy or how does that affect a long-term care closed door pharmacy? Sometimes the regulations don't make any sense, and you know unless we're there to be able to to, to vocalize that, um, you can you know if you're lucky you can prevent that train from going down the wrong track, but. Um, they don't. I mean, I don't know how many times you probably have had the same experience. You tell your friends you work. Well, when I worked in home infusion, I was like, well, what, what do you do? What's that? You know, or I work in long-term care. Oh, you work in a nursing home? You know, they just don't they really smell bad. Know. They smell bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to go there. Right. So <laughs> That's where know. I work. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's important to have that voice. It really is. And I, I think what ASCP always has tried to do, as long as I've been a member, and that's you know thirty some years, um, is, is being able to to give our members the information they need to to be able to have a a voice and make sure that it's factually based. Give them the ammunition they need to be able to enter into a conversation about it, and um, you know that's what we try to do. And uh, I think our members are great. You know they're they're interactive. They um, they speak up for themselves for the for the most part. I think. We have a very energized 
um, group of pharmacists, and they might be a small percentage of the overall pharmacists in, that work in this country, but I feel that they, they really care about what they do or they wouldn't be doing this. I mean, they punch higher than their weight, just like ASCP does. Right. Represent, ASCP represents that Yeah, for them. Um, well, let's pivot back to Arnie, the person, <laughs> who, again, we've touched on his theatrics and theater background, but talk, talk about your family, because you have a very awesome family, um, w your niece, one of which is actually a Broadway actress. Yes. So talk about that as it relates to your career. As it relates to my career. So um, I, I, when I worked at the hospital, they would call me the... Um, the, the theater pharmacist, the singing pharmacist. Oh, my God, I didn't because, know that. See, I didn't know yeah, that. That's because good. Because I, I became like the um, – I worked – for most of my time at the hospital, I worked on the third floor satellite. And anyone in the hospital that, um, that had a kid that wanted to get into theater or, or somebody, uh, an adult you know, a member who wanted to, um, to do something, they go, go talk to Arnie on the third floor pharmacy satellite. The acoustics yeah. were great on he the could, third, he could, satellite pharmacy <laughs> on the third floor. Well, it was because it was in a former bathroom, so it was all tiled. Oh, my God, like, singing in the shower. It was like an echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> I never sang in the, in the pharmacy. But, <laughs> um, but people would, you know, be steered to me to, um, to, to place them. And I got people to volunteer. You know, I, I was real involved in a community theater group from the time I got out of um, pharmacy school. Um, I actually was in a, a singing group on the, the campus, um, the uh, UMA campus because we had um, somebody from dental school, medical school. We have we had all these different um, disciplines together, and then um, a group of us auditioned for a show, The Music Man, and um, we had sung some barbershop music together, and the director cast us immediately. I mean, normally they call you go through callbacks and all that. It was just like. Um, you guys, here's when the rehearsal starts. <laughs> so I got a bunch of them roped in, and that's how I got involved in this theater group, which my sister was one of the um, founders of that group. And, and I was, of course, I got sucked into that, and so I was vice president for production for 11 years for that group and did lots of different things for them. Um, and, yeah, so now my niece has um, taken up the... Uh, the flag, so to speak, and she is um, in a Broadway show right now. She's in A Beautiful Noise, the um, Neil Diamond story um, in New York on Broadway. And she's actually um, going to be leaving the beginning of December, and she's going to a brand-new show, which I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it is yet because it hasn't been announced by the production, but it's going to start in February. Um, so I'm very excited for her. She's, she's really done a great job. Awesome. I don't think I've ever seen you more prideful and happy than when you take a picture at a Broadway show that your <laughs> niece is in, which I'm, we all would be. Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty it, cool. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm living my, my artsy part of my life vicariously now since <laughs> I've devoted myself to pharmacy and given up all the, the acting stuff and producing. What's really fun is at our annual meeting in Denver, Arnie and his niece are going to do an act at the Berman Awards. Oh, yeah. Something else I didn't know. <laughs> I guess if I can arrange for that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll be Hamilton. We'll let you pick this time. Oh, okay, great. 
A little number from Fiddler on the Roof. Or, you know. That's where I was going with Rich Man, but you didn't I follow. I know, I know. That's not me. <laughs> That's not your part? No, I, okay. I'm, I'm more like uh, Laser Wolf the Butcher. I played that part. There you go. <laughs> well, Tom, any last thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, Arnie, you, you certainly don't need any endorsement from me. Uh, but I could tell you that my entire career, I, I've been in the audience and, and listened to you speak. You know, your your knowledge is second to none. You always bring in relevant, uh, up-to-date information. And at the end of the day, your demeanor is is nothing but, but fun and, and personable and respectful. So I personally just want to tell you, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I believe in this case, I, I certainly can. Anyone that knows you and has been in the audience listening to you and got to know you as a, as a professional, um, we admire you and we want to thank you for everything you've done in this industry and just for the person that you are today. Well, Tom, thank you. That's very, very kind. I really appreciate that. Well, that's awesome. Well said, Tom. And I, and I can't add to that. <laughs> um, that was well said. Um, but, you know, if there was a higher award at ASCP, I'm sure we would nominate and you would win whatever award that would be. Well, thanks. Um, your right. dedication to the profession and ultimately to ASCP is beyond, beyond reproach. It's amazing. Well, and we thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I've done it out of love because if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. That's kind of me. There's a lot of lessons in there, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, happy holidays, everybody. This has been the Holiday Show for our experience, the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Great. Thank you. Thank you.